Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Morning Show. We've got a full house. we got... Mike Gelfand, Don Shelby, AJ, and the one and only Brittany Arneson. Welcome back, gentlemen. Good morning, Brittany. I uh, I was listening to you guys earlier this morning, and yeah. it sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and I'm here to put a stop to that. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> You're over the shenanigans. Every time we uh, have the opportunity to talk to Mike Gelfand, uh, the question always occurs to me is to uh, ask very simply, what have you been thinking about recently? Uh, I've been thinking about uh, survival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the, the topic of the day, don't you think? Is that survival uh, generally in terms of uh, existential things, or is it a, an immediate threat that it's you're both. worried about? It's both. Okay. Well, right now, the start, of the, uh, the start of the NFL season, it's just a few hours away. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, now I'm worrying about whether I can survive the NFL season. So it's like a, there's some short-term things, and then there is the existential thing. They got new helmets. New helmets this year? Yeah. I did not I yeah. know that. Sponge helmets. Oh, so this is a, yet another attempt to claim that concussions aren't a problem? Yes. Yeah. yeah they're, they're a problem, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well established. Pretty well established. Yeah, pretty pretty well is. I mean, in baseball too, of course. In baseball, it's not. You know, we used to think that. Well, if the ball hits you in the head, you could have a concussion. But now the catchers and the umpires are dropping like flies. Yeah. So it's a. Every sport seems to be becoming more dangerous. There there was a piece in the New York Times uh, yesterday. uh, Some some guy who I think thought he was a football purist you know there's no such thing as a football purist you can't be a purist. tell me tell me that why why couldn't you be a purist because there's nothing pure about the sport there's nothing about it to be pure anymore is that like horse racing the or boxing well that there are impurities in certain areas or mm-hmm. that is somehow uh, completely taken over well i just i just think uh, i i you know, I, I try to tell my, my friends, especially those who have kids in high school, who, you know, should, should I let them play football? How do I stop them from playing football? That kind of thing. Well, first of all, of course, foot, I mean, football is a garbage sport. It's just a freak accident. It should never have happened. Imagine today, imagine today some guy like, you know, a music man type uh, comes before the school board and says, I got this new sport I want you guys to try out. I'm going to contribute uh, $100 for the uniforms. And it's going to, we'll call this thing football. And, and you give the ball to a guy, and then a bunch of guys try to, try to hurt him. And, uh, yeah, most, most, most kids will have a concussion or two during the season. There'll be some broken legs, and some of those concussions might affect them the rest of their life. But it's a great sport. I mean, they would just say, get the F out of here. No, right, yeah. But now... Now football exists solely for the purpose of gambling. Yeah. Anyone who thinks it's and and I'm a gambler, so I'm not and I'm not like saying that's a great thing. I'm I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. I'm just saying football has been repurposed. Hmm. It's not a it's not part of the culture war anymore. You know now of course it's different in a few of select red states. You know states like Georgia where where a uh, great football player can 30 years later who still has yet to be able to, to read and write, can run for the Senate and yes. almost win. Yeah. So you're, you know, or, or like in uh, Alabama, where Tommy Tuberville, mm. the, uh, the, uh, the great senator from Alabama, who they, they don't, the thing is, you know, he, he got there because he was a coach. And, and he, he's, a, you know, he's a God figure in Alabama because he was a coach. And they don't, in his own office, they don't call him senator. Tuberville. Coach. They call him coach. Coach, yes. Which I guess says it all. 
But you know, I also refer to uh, Tim Walls as coach. Oh, I, I really. Every every time that we uh, communicate, I call him coach because I don't. That's the highest mm-hmm. for me yeah. as a former athlete. Mm-hmm. That that is the, the highest you can achieve, uh, higher than mm-hmm. uh, if a person was elected president but had been my coach mm-hmm. somewhere along, I would still call him coach. I call my coach, who is now 90 mm-hmm. uh, in high school, I call him from time to time and call him coach. So did you play football in high school? Football, basketball, swimming, track, you know. Dang. Five. I had five letters. Holy so, buckets. That was a small school? Yes. I, I gather. Where was that? Uh, Muncie, Indiana, outside oh. my, it was a small uh 52, 52 people in my graduating class, mm-hmm. but we were rated 23rd in the state in basketball. It's not bad, yeah. For we had, Indiana. We had know. about 55 <clears throat> people in my graduating class, but uh, the uh, probably the, the, the sport, if you call it that, that they were best at was chess. Mm. Yeah, not, not a lot of football. The football team, is, as far as I know, never did win a game. Mm. And that's too bad because I bet on him a few times. I was going to say, <laughs> you didn't make your lunch money back, did you, on that one? No, I mean, like, I'd walk up to the, my friend, one of my best friends, was the quarterback of the team. He's shorter than me. And uh, he was a quarterback each year until he broke something. Usually it'd be the second or third game. But I'd just walk up right to him during the game. I'd just walk up to the bench. This is a university high school, not known for its athletics. I just walk up to him and, and during the game, and I say, "Come on, man! I'm I'm, t- and I'm taking 14 and a half. <laughs> Come on, step it up!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> High school. It's very intimate, you know. Man. Yeah. yeah. Holy mackerel. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the start and the end of the football season. It is though. It's a survival thing, you know. You you start the season with a few hundred bucks and. Yeah, lately, in, in recent years, I've mostly just turned to fantasy football. Yeah. Do you know what's happened to me, Mike? Um, as many, many things happen. I became a feminist because uh, and it wasn't a, a realization on my part. Mm-hmm. It wasn't growth on my part. Right. It was the direct result of having three daughters. Yeah. And, and as I encountered through their lives the obstacles and things like that, right. uh, it just occurred to me that uh, they, I needed to fight. I needed to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So I became a feminist in that regard. Yeah. So it's uh, not because I'm enlightened, woke, none of that. Yeah. It's uh, a visceral experience. A visceral experience happened to me uh, regarding uh, sports. My uh, son-in-law, uh, born in Peru, raised in uh, Queens, um, and was a, a terrific soccer player. And his son, my daughter's and his son, mm-hmm. is now one of the 100 top prep athletes in soccer in the country. Wow. And plays for Mintaka, and uh, also plays for a national team, mm-hmm. and just came back for his, his second trip of all of Europe. Okay, yeah, I, I believe I've read about it. Yeah, he is a, a terrific player. Yeah. And so I've had to learn soccer, and I've had a basketball mind or a football mind. Sure. I'm trying to, and hockey, trying to see the relationship. I said a thing, and you know I've, I've been a basketball. You know, I wrote a book about basketball. No, I I've, love basketball. I've played basketball yeah. with you. So Nobody remembers that. But he's like, <laughs> What? <laughs> It wasn't so, eventful in his mind, you're saying? I, well, I, I, I didn't made, make a big... Uh, I, I made a statement, Mike, that you uh, would not believe that I made, but I pledge you I made it. Uh, I said to his father, as we're sitting in the stands watching this team, and after uh, uh, subscribing to Season Pass MLS and watching Messi and just being obsessed with this, mm-hmm. I said, at, at, at best... A, a good uh, professional basketball player only has four shots, mm-hmm. basically. You got a three-point shot, a four-point shot. You have a, a layup, and you have a dunk. Basic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and variations on those things. I only had one of those. <laughs> I had the three-point shot. The three-point shot. Never. It was a set shot at that point. Well, yeah, the set shot. No, well, I just mean you know in, in recent years, oh, okay. you know, like in the last forty. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but I. But my observation for the last 
four or five years watching uh, football, F-U-T-B-O-L. Mm. Um, well, you really that, do have it bad. Yeah, that, that these players played at the highest level, the highest skill level of uh, the game right. with the elite players. They have 200 shots, and they have to decide which shot to take in a nanosecond. Mm. And they have to have them all available at the time that the goalie moves a quarter of an inch to the right or a quarter of an inch to the left to change the shot. And I, I think these, this, this really ha- is a beautiful game. And I would never say that prior to having been introduced yeah. to this game. Mm-hmm. I, I, Brittany, you have to realize uh, Shelby was, Shelby was the, uh, like, he was the father of the uh, Channel 4 basketball team. He actually provided, these guys, we would play, they would play. I, I joined him a couple times in a, in a little uh, Catholic school gym uh, in, in fashionable, fa- fashionable Linden Hills. <laughs> so they could all have exp- espresso and yeah, of af- course. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Go to Bears Hardware Store. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and uh, I still walk through there all the time. And just I have memory, uh, even though I only played like it's you know these are pickup games. I played yeah. a couple times, and but my my fondest memory was um, I uh, I was I was on I had the um, displeasure of being on the same team as Mike Max, and Mike Max uh, was a high school star, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, a good player. So um, I'm I'm just I'm taking the ball down the court, and I. Pass the ball to Mike Max, and of course I never see it again. No, that's the end of it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's one the pass. end. Of it. So I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm just like trying to figure out how I could get a shot, right? Because he wasn't going to pass it to me. No one was going to pass it to me, but especially not him. So I I I, I get the right angle for a rebound, you know, because I of course I refuse to rebound. It's beneath <laughs> me. Uh, you can get hurt when you're five foot six. You can get hurt rebounding yeah. the ball. And I never went into anywhere near the hoop, no. shooting or defense. Yeah, I, I don't believe in playing defense anyway. You can get hurt that way too. Yeah. So, but I managed to get get a a, a rebound, and I stepped back. This is my one moment. My one moment to it's shoot shy. the ball. This Step is it. back. Put up. Put up the three. Hit it. Mike Max says, walks over to me. Says, "Stop hogging the ball." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And he said, "Yes, yep, I'm on it." Yep. Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I probably wasn't going to get get a shot again anyway. So it worked out. It lined up well. I don't even remember if I played the rest of the game. I I can't remember, but I knew that was my one moment. It was over. There was nothing to look forward to after that. Well, I uh, I started the CCU All Star team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was the only person who worked for CCL. Um, And uh, I had uh, three former pro players. Oh, my God. The back line was uh, 6'11", 6'10", (laughs) 6'10". You were that team. Yeah. The two guard was 6'7", out of Kent State, and and me. Mm -hmm. And they said, why are you starting? And I said, because I bought the uniform. <laughs> and, 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 the, and this team's called the WCCO All-Stars. It should have one person from CCO. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have to play the whole game, but I have to start. Yeah. But we went out and played uh, in a charity game, uh, Anoka, Coon Rapids, combined high school, all their former players, mm-hmm. all the people gone out of college. These are good players. Yeah. And D one, D two, and uh, we played. And I, I knew I had to get back to do the news. It was Thursday night. I had to get back to do the news. So did R J. So did uh, Rosie and everybody else. I had to get back. But we were all in a big band. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came out, and I knew I'm going. I'm going to score points in the, in the first half because I'm not going to play the second half. I'm going to mm-hmm. leave. And one of those nights, Mike. I had 24 points in the first half, 24 points in the first half. So we come down to the locker room, and everybody's, uh, all the people are doing the news that night, they're putting on their uh, suits and ties and things like that, 
and my stuff is laying over here, and I haven't changed. And, <laughs> and RJ says, get dressed. And I said, no. I'm starting the second half. Oh, my God. And he said, you're going to be fired. And I said, if I'm fired, I'm fired. But at 45 years of age, <laughs> I have a shot at a 40-point night. Yeah. No, oh, I agree. That and, would be worth trading a job for. <laughs> you guys are and, so... And, and they, they picked me up That's and right. my clothes, through, and it was November, threw me uh, all the clothes in the back of the van and physically picked me up and threw me <laughs> in the back and drove me to the station. And the whole time you're doing the report, you're just, I'm sure, just daydreaming. I am just... And I, I daydream about it today. Oh, yeah. Today, I mean, you can feel it. The way it we're all, having this, yeah. All, everything that I put up went in. Yeah, no, I... I and I, it was one of those nights. It's not I'm good. I it was scored, just one of those nights. I scored, like, 17 in the over 40 uh, basketball league at the Jewish Community Center. And it's like I can describe to you now, 35 years later, every shot I took... You know, everything was going in. I was dribbling it between my legs, stepping back, shooting the three. Oh, man. Everything was working that night. And, of course, you know, that's, I I mean, I, I would say, naturally I would say that that is like, I, 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 I guess I'd have to say the birth of my children came in fourth after that. <laughs> I respect. I respect that. Judd, what's the call? Do you go and, you know, it's funny because I'm sure some people's dreams are to be a broadcaster on the news, and yours is in this, uh, this. I mean, what, could, we, could we call it um, a, a fun game, or is that diminishing? Uh, what, what's the call? Does he make the broadcast, or does he stay in the game? They weren't firing Shelby at that time. You really think that they were going to pull the plug on one of the top anchors in the in the metro, not to mention the state at that time? Well, that's why they kidnapped him and took him there. because they... If he hadn't shown up for the start of the news, I think he would have probably got a, a talking to, and that's it. They, he would not have been fired. They, his <laughs> colleagues were wrong about that. You should, have st- you should have stayed and said, I'm going for the 40 they aren't going to fire me, Could you even and know? you know what? I can get my 40 points. Well, now you tell me. Uh, it's too on, late. You didn't really think that they were going to fire you at the time, right? Like they're, they're, So I grew up in this market, and I can tell you right now, anchors who weren't going to be fired, Don Shelby, Paul Majors, back in the day, I would guess in, in the Channel 5 days, Ron, Ron Majors, Majors wow. as well. Dave like, Moore. There's a, yeah, exactly. Dave Moore. Dave Moore could have stayed and gotten 50 points back in the day, and he wasn't being fired. So just, just stop saying. They sold you a bill of goods. Stop saying Dave Moore because every time I hear his name, I have to genuflect. Uh, yes. He was the Oh, king. God. Yeah. Yeah. Ro- broadcasting royalty, right? Oh, hey, I'll damn. tell you a joke that Dave Moore uh, told me. And he told me this joke, uh, Judd, Mike, uh, Brittany, he told me this joke 25 years in a row. And and uh, whether he was suffering from dementia, which there was no sign that he was, I think he uh, actually told me this joke, knowing he had told me this joke before. But here was the joke: he'd he'd walk in by my desk, we had desk together, and and he, and he was an actor, and he was uh, so down in the mouth and. Shaking his head, kind of moaning a little bit, and he go, I, I said, well, Dave, what's wrong with you? He go, I, I made a terrible mistake. Well, that's the start of the joke. I, I know he's going to tell me now the joke, <laughs> and I said, and I'm just the Leaning straight man. Yeah. Well, uh, Dave, what kind of mistake did you make? <laughs> well, I was supposed to. Um, get a, a surf sucker uh, suit um, down at Cox's, and I made a mistake, and I went to Sears. And <laughs> oh, you got a cocksucker suit then? Is that what you're saying? Oh, <laughs> you just totally 
waiting to tell you that all day. I just had and, that line and every, up. And, and every year you go, oh, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Is that the same mistake you made last year when you went down to Cox's? No. I never, I let him tell the joke. That's so funny. And he, and another thing he would do, uh, and he would tell me this three or four times, but he, he said, um, um, I, uh, I have a, a, a difficult problem um, because when I go to parties and people recognize me and a drunk woman came up to me one uh, party and she said, I know who you are. I, I recognize you right now. Uh, you're, um, I want to tell you, you're, um, and Dave's waiting patiently. And she said, hey, don't tell me because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now who you are because I recognize you is right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, what is your name? Uh, and he said, he ran out of time. He said, Dave Moore. She goes, fuck no. I'll get no, it no, 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 that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get that in a minute. Hang on a minute. I'll find out who it is. One of the most humbling moments I ever had was um, my, uh, I'd, I'd been on the morning show, the, the, the former morning show, yeah. for about uh, three months. And the, the show was just taken off. and It was, it was incredible. And uh, I thought, like, one of these days I'm going to be famous. This is incredible. And uh, so uh, we uh, we had a, uh, we'd bought a, a couch or something. And the delivery guy comes in. He sets down the couch. He, he, he looks at me and he says, this is, he says, this is really, really an exciting day for me today. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't, uh, I don't very often, uh, you know, deliver, deliver furniture to, uh, to, you know, a celebrity's house. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's, that's probably true. He said, yeah, just dropped off a sofa for uh, at Tom Ryder's house. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to tell you about to this his day. Endeavor. I'm still humiliated. By that remark. You carry I'll that with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, of all the oh my god, <laughs> of all the gin joints in the world. Right? <laughs> oh man, is... you have to be of a certain age to appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. That's a That's rough wonderful. one. Yeah. Judd, what's the news in the world of sports? What should should we be thinking about? Uh, well, actually, the the Vikings start on Sunday, which is mm -hmm. going to be, and the the season actually starts tonight now because they've for the last twenty years or so they've had that you know Thursday night game. It's going to be Kansas City, and here's the incredible thing, though, you guys, it's going to be Kansas City and Detroit. Mm -hmm. The Detroit Lions have become such a popular pick. That yep. they are going to be in the national spotlight on a third. I did not know in my lifetime if I would ever see the Detroit Lions play on the first Thursday <laughs> of the season. It, it takes I'm me back to Thanksgiving amazed. as a child. You know when they would well, they would play on Thanksgiving, and that's the only time you'd ever see the Detroit Lions even then. And they still do that, but yeah. that's the thing is like that's the tradition, right? Yeah. Because there have been people who have pitched and moaned and said, "Move them off Thanksgiving," mm -hmm. and they're like, "Well, they played on Thanksgiving forever; it's a tradition." But uh, yeah, the Lions are the hot pick, and I'm not sure I'm buying it until I see the Detroit. I, I mean, this is a franchise. I think the last time they won an NFL championship was what, uh, Mike? Like '57? Yeah, that sounds right? about right. Yeah. Bobby Lane. Don. Bobby Lane. Bobby, bah, Bobby Lane. Yep. He was, was uh, their quarterback. He was a celebrity in, in his own right. And uh, I'll tell you, the. the no face mask. The big, no, no. Oh, my God. Mask. No face mask. No. The, the, uh, it was like Gump Worsley not, not wearing the helmet. <laughs> That's, true. That's brutal. Gump, Gump, that is more remarkable. You're right. The, the Gumper took how many pucks to the head did he take? Well, just ever uh, watch him. Smile in his old photographs. <laughs> yeah, he had no teeth. No, and the Gumper also was in that big group of like fifties, sixties into the seventies hockey players who, between periods, would crack open a cold one and yes. smoke a cigarette. Yes, yeah, absolutely. No I, teeth. He kind of looked like a carny at the state fair. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, uh... I think he, 
Uh, I dated a hockey player for a little bit who was still playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is long ago, and you only I, dated one hockey player. I only dated one. I Were actually I was supposed to date his friend, and then I thought that he was cuter, so I ended up dating him at the. Um, <laughs> and we uh, we went to dinner, and he you know removed the the retainer, and I really liked this about him because he was like, oh yeah, until I'm done with hockey, I won't get. Uh, teeth and I said that is a practical man then he knows that he'd probably be losing more than just that so he just had the retainer and I thought to myself you figured he was marriageable huh yeah I I mean there was other flaws (laughs) you really had low Um, bars in that day didn't you there was other women who also felt like he was a very practical dater I found out as well well of course but uh, I like that aspect about him that he's like I'm not ready to commit to I I gotta wait (laughs) to find out how many teeth I'm actually gonna lose so he's still playing where Brittany what's that is he so, still playing? So did you say he's still playing? No, God, no. This is when I was oh, in my I 20s. Oh, I he's still playing. No, <laughs> okay. God, no, like no. 40 years ago. This is for sh- <laughs> yeah. Hell, uh, that was You're yeah. dead Sorry. to me. That was like 100 dates ago. I will. Right I, now, right? You know, when I used to date guys, Gelfan would say, I don't want to know their name and for a very long time. Brittany, I don't need to know their name until, like, what would you? What was your rule? Uh, it's, I think it was fourth date, I think. Fourth date, yeah. yeah. yeah so there's a lot of people that would meet Gelfan out at the VFW. Right? It's like, don't worry about this one don't worry about learning this one i'd say you're not gonna marry this one are you no yeah hey judd um Mm -hmm. two months ago maybe two and a half months ago maybe maybe three weeks into the twin season uh, a guy i know very well who is a really good hand at baseball a guy who could tell you uh the batting rotation for the orioles uh, just has a uh, encyclopedic knowledge he said to me, the Twins win the pennant. And I said, really? Uh, and I, as a guy I trust. And I've watched him and gone, this, no, he's going to be wrong this time. Yep. Is there a chance that the Twins win the pennant? The pennant? So, like, we're talking like old the, school, the league? American League? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. wait, wait, what? Give us his answer when we come back. We're going to go to a break, and then okay. I want to hear Judd's Good. answer. We'll be Good. back on the Tom Bernard Morning Show podcast. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. I'm here talking with my friends Michael Bilski and Brad Huckle of North American Banking Company. Guys, it seems like banking has changed quite a bit since you first opened your doors in 1998. Yes and no. In 98, we didn't have online and mobile banking like we do today. Many banking processes have also changed. One thing that hasn't changed is we still provide a true community bank experience right here in the Twin Cities. Our team takes the time to get to know our customers and their goals. This creates a relationship that is unique in banking today and one our customers appreciate. It's why we like to say we provide a better banking experience. You're absolutely right, Brad. I've been a customer for a long time. The service your team provides is phenomenal. Thanks, Tommy. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Kind of the sans Tom Bernard show today. We've got Don Shelby, Mike Gelfan, AJ, me, Brittany Arneson, Judd from Score North, where I rudely interrupted the question uh, that Don Shelby asked. Give us a preview again. I'll post it again. All right, perfect. Uh, and I'll set it up very quickly. A month into the season, a very bright baseball person said, the Twins win the American League. And I said, really? 
and then I watched their fortunes go up and down and had great doubts. I have fewer doubts now, and with Royce Lewis uh, uh, playing the way he's playing, I'm wondering what your read is on this. While I do like the kids, uh, starting with Royce, a lot, um, I think that their chances of winning the American League are slim to none. I think they can win a playoff game. And I think if they play the right team in the first round and, and keep in mind too, Don, this team has lost 18 consecutive playoff games dating back almost 20 years. But I think if they get the right team, Texas, which is right now, I think fallen out of the playoff race because they are just have been abysmal. It's sad what's happened there. They can beat Texas in the first round, which keep in mind, it's only two of three, but if we're talking, so you would have to get through two more rounds I don't think they have any chance. I don't think that uh, there's a chance in hell. But I I say give Texas the first game. Start like uh, Dallas Keuchel, for example, especially if Laz Diaz is uh, is umpiring. Laz Diaz gave Dallas Keuchel a shutout. It could happen again. Dallas Keuchel, you know, he's he's. I mean, uh, he's he can throw that that 88 mile an hour fastball and that slider that's like a foot wide that's called a strike by Laz Diaz. It could, and anything could happen because Texas has one good Eric pitcher. Eric like there, Mike. Texas has one good pitcher. And then, the, then you throw Sonny Gray at him the second game. The third mm-hmm. game you go with either Lopez or Ryan. It could happen. Well, if they get Toronto, I don't, I don't love their chances. I think they could win a playoff game. I don't know that they're going to, to win two of three. Yeah. My, fear, my fear is this. In typical – Minnesota sports fashion. The fear is that the Twins sent the Rangers into such a tailspin that they're going to have been the reason that they don't make the playoffs, and there's no team that you wanted to see more. They should have gone easier on them to get them in the playoffs to face them. We can't win in this town, damn it. (laughs) How do you really feel? But the team, you know, um, Don and I were talking a few minutes ago off the mic, and and one, one of the things we were talking about was the fact that the thing that made this team, that just turned everything around for this team, that made them into a solid team, was the one thing that a lot of people thought would have been the worst thing that could happen, which was Byron Buxton not playing. The team's so much better without him. Well, yeah, because he is a and, – and this is this is why Joey Gallo has to go, and I don't know who he's oh, got pictures of, world? but my God, they must be incriminating – but those guys, the problem with those guys like Gallo and Buxton was doing the same. They stopped the lineup. Yeah. They don't do, they strike out. Yeah. There's no, you know, one of the fundamental flaws of the, the analytics baseball folks, okay? One of their biggest flaws is this. They consider, or a lot of them do, Don, they consider strikeouts to just be another out. Like, you know what, who cares if you strike out? Because, you know, if you ground out, that's an out. But how many times do we see on, you know, a ground out or if the ball's in play, a mistake gets made. And then you get a guy on base because a mistake was made. A strikeout leaves you no margin for, oh, the shortstop booted it. And I don't know who originated the thinking, but strikeouts stop everything. They stop everything. And so, yeah, Buxton. And look, Byron Buxton. And I don't know where, where this is going to go. He might be done here, you guys. Well, that's what he I'm might saying. Be done. I, I think he should retire. I've said that before. It's you know, he's made a lot of money and he can't play baseball anymore. So what what the heck? I mean, maybe he'll hit a home run every now and then. There was talk, uh, probably just a few weeks ago. Well, maybe he'll maybe he'll come back and play center field. Come on, seriously. That's not going to happen. He'll hurt himself the first time. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel any scorn for the guy. He was a great player. It's just that he's not anymore. It's, it, physically, he can't play the game. And you've got to face the fact this is a better team without him, just as it'll be a better team without Joey Gallo. I thought they would have cut him by now because they have, you know, they have so many options now that it's, it's absurd for him to be in the lineup. Oh, Gallo, yeah. Now, now Buxton's tough because he's got that seven-year contract, and I think going yeah. into 2024, he's going to have five years left. Yeah. And if he retires, he forfeits millions of dollars. So I don't know that he's going to do that. But the reality is, yes, he can't be considered a guy. You can't, you know, you can't shoehorn him, shoehorn him into your lineup as the only DH because it makes no sense. 
And to your point, Mike, um, two weeks ago now, or a week ago, I'm sorry, Byron Buxton played in center field for the first time this season with the St. Paul Saints. And I think he played something like approximately seven innings of a game for the first time all season long in center. He then was given the next day off. He then started the next day as the DH for the Saints and had to leave the game early yeah. because his yeah. because his because the tendonitis in he's got a chronically bad knee. Yeah. And so this notion that he could he can't go out in the outfield and stand there. No, he like probably needs a knee problems. replacement. Well, eventually he probably does, yeah. Yeah, I mean he probably needs one now. He's not going to have one. But with that kind of, you know, he's got he obviously has some kind of arthritis. You know, and there are 8 yes. million kinds of arthritis. But that's an autoimmune disease, and it's just eating away at them. It's, it's just a fact. It's very sad, but the team's better off without them. They, they've really coalesced, and I, I agree. They, they could get past. I mean, it's, it's something that Twins fans fantasize about. They could actually win a playoff game. How sad is that? But you're right. They definitely could. Yeah, put Sonny Gray up there, like I said, and then maybe they'll have another pitcher who's doing all right at the time. Uh, but yeah, it's it's because the league is full of teams that just can't pitch at all. Pitching yes, is and, is bad. And to, to the point about Royce, though, what I will say is this: two and a half months ago, I despised. I did it because it's my job. But I despised watching this team. <laughs> I thought course. they were dead ass. I thought they weren't motivated. Um, Royce Lewis and Julian and. Walner and this whole young core of guys has changed. I, I actually enjoy games now. Yeah. Royce Lewis plays with a um, with a clutch gene, and he enjoys it. And I am in no way trying to make player comparisons, but he's got a little bit of that pucket hunter. He you could tell he loves it. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got that kind of this one's on me kind of attitude. Which I love, and I love in sports. I I love in sports because there's nothing that drives me up the wall more, and we have seen this in all walks of sports. It, you know, pro college, um, you know, uh, little league sports. There's nothing worse, in my opinion, than when somebody comes into a locker room or a situation and says, you know, I'm the best player. I'm going to lead. You can't do that. It's natural. Right. It, it, yeah. You know, Puckett, Puckett didn't walk in and say, hey, I am Kirby bleeping Puckett. Yeah. Puckett walked in and had that it factor, which, which is a cliche, but it's an unquantifiable sports thing. And we get so many guys, I think, now who, based on their paycheck, try and take that role. And it's like, you can't do that. You have to have that. And and Royce Lewis seems to have that. Yeah, he's, he's sort of the antithesis of Anthony Edwards, you know. Uh, I, the, a good shot is when I make the shot. That's a good shot. I'm going to take over. And, you know, the, the, he did take over, and they were a 500 team. Yeah, al- although I will say this as a basketball, uh, to Don, as a basketball guy, the guy that drives me up the wall from that perspective is Cat. Right. Carl Anthony yeah. Towns. Yeah. I mean, because here's the, here's the other thing that drives me nuts. When somebody thinks that they are the alpha on the team, but they pout, moan, and brood. Yeah. And Carl, how many times do we see him flapping his arms? I got fouled. <laughs> okay, dude, you know what? It's the NBA. They don't call a lot of stuff. And they call a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing is, you know, just yeah. enjoy it. If, if you want to go around all the time saying you're a victim, just run for president. Otherwise, <laughs> get off the court. <laughs> yeah, that's another thought. For, yeah. Hey, I have a story to tell you, Judd, and uh, maybe you already know this story, but... I was a catcher in high school, literally, whatever, and I've always loved catchers. And so Tim Laudner and I became friends in, as soon as he came up. And um, I was watching on uh, television, and uh, Tim liked to get up underneath the batters a little bit, you know, to maybe affect their, their uh, swing. And, and uh, Juan Berenguer was on the mound, and... Uh, and I watch this sequence, and before the pitch comes, I see a Laudner scooting back, uh, almost knocking over the umpire. The umpire had to uh, back up uh, at least three feet because he was all the way back outside of the catcher's box. And I 
later on saw him. He said, Tim, what happened? And he said, <laughs> he said, uh, I gave Berenguer uh, a signal, and he shook it off. And he's throwing 104 or whatever he's throwing. Uh, and he shook it off, and so I give him another signal. And he shakes that off. And so I think I know what he wants to do, and I think that the batter probably knows now what he wants to throw. So I give him a shake-off sign. So for those in baseball don't know, that you're giving the sign for him to shake his head, no, I'm not going to throw that pitch either, but then you give him the sign for the pitch. So the pitch he's going to throw is the signaled pitch, even though he shook it off, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Berenguer doesn't do that. He gives him the shake-off sign. Berenguer shakes his head, yes, I'm going to throw that pitch. He has no idea what pitch is coming at him <laughs> at 104 miles an hour. And Ludner <laughs> backs up three feet into the box and... Uh, it was some kind of slider at 100 miles an hour. Oh, my God. At, uh, and it, it hit him straight in the throat. Oh! <laughs> oh, it still got him. Okay. Wow. Oh, the panic that would ensue. Yeah, I have no like, idea. The what? fast one of the, fa- the pitcher, fastest oh. pitcher on the team at that time. Oh. And, he, and he says, yeah, that's the pitch I want. After the shakeoff sign. <laughs> well, and the, the one thing we've learned, you know, from the uh, from uh, Pagan is that velocity isn't everything. <laughs> He's throwing 103 miles an hour, and you know it doesn't matter anymore. The batters are hitting the ball. Yeah, it's they've they've just. Oh yeah. They, it's, What's the number now? 114. The, the new guy, 114 miles an hour. No, 105, I think, is his top one this season. Not, Duran? Not the uh, – I, I thought I had read something. Not not on this team, another uh, team. Oh, I've never who, who I've has seen the that. fastest pitch so far recorded. Nolan okay, Ryan yeah. has the record all in all, and that was uh, – his pitch was measured at 108.1 miles per hour. Yeah. Yeah. I was sitting down just behind home plate – and uh, Steve Bry was was the batter. Uh, Ryan on the hill. Ryan throws the ball about 105 miles an hour. Hits hits the uh, hits hits the batter uh, right in the wrist. And the ball comes to a rest after that on home plate. Many broken bones. And uh. that was the worst thing I've seen. Wow. Just the fact that, you know, you, it wasn't like a glancing ball. In, in the wrist closest to the bat so that it yeah. actually it, it it just, jammed it, his wrist into oh. the bat? Yeah, and, and it's just like, you know, how, how could you – you'd never be able to do that intentionally. No. The ball just dropped straight down. He took all the impact. Uh, yeah, that's, that's The fact that he didn't have control for a portion of his career might be among the scariest things, too. Yes. Uh, but also also made him scary effective because oh, absolutely. if he sure, if I mean, he if he he could feign out of control mm-hmm. and back people up yeah. and then just groove on when it was necessary. Well that, that was why the scariest pitcher ever was Ryan Dern. Remember him? Oh yeah. He was blind and an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, had like a, a <laughs> it, it's thick glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From New York. Coke bottle glasses. Coke yeah. bottle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, batters feared him. Judd, I know you got to get out of here, but aren't you aren't you happy that you just in a studio with a microphone instead of having a hundred mile hour balls flying at you? Well, there's a very good reason why I long ago d- decided that my lack of athletic ability was not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so before you go, uh, Vikings are uh, favored what five and a half, five? Uh, the, I saw six yesterday, but it could it could have changed. So I think it's five and a half right. now. What, so what do you think? Are you laying or taking? Jump. Oh, I'm jumping all over the home team. I think Tampa Bay is going to be bad. I do too. I think, yeah, I I think the Vikings, I think the Vikings could win this one by ten to fourteen. Oh, it's there. You heard it. Yeah. So yes, take the home team now. Now the following Thursday on a short week in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably not going to take the visiting team in that one. But um, yeah, this one I love the Vikings. 
Well, thanks so much, Judd. I'm sure uh, we've got. Well, we'll have. We will have you next week. Then next time we talk to you, we can talk about it. Awesome. Good awesome. to talk see you, Judd. See, see you, Judd. Don. See you, Mike. Bye bye. Yeah, it's uh, there's uh, there's that excitement right now about the football season. You know that for the Vikings, usually lasts about 14 weeks. Yeah. And then of course they break everyone's heart. Yeah. But people just have to understand it's all about gambling. Don't look at it as the home team, rah rah rah. It's just about it's about gambling. The NFL would collapse in about 10 days without gambling. What percentage of the um, in stadium? fans uh, would you say are primarily interested in the gambling aspect and how many are interested in just watching the game and the experience well the, the people who are you know willing to uh, to uh, spend the money for a ticket and then drink the uh, alcoholic beverages because you got to do both um, I, it's a very small subset of, of the people who are watching the game or interested in the game. I mean, almost everybody, almost everybody has some interest. Could be the office pool, could be their fantasy football team. Maybe they're playing, they're betting on an offshore site. But it's, it's the, and, and the major, the major sports. Now, they not only, it used to be that they hated it. Then they started to condone it. Now they encourage it. They want you out there gambling. Well, they got what they wanted. No. Well, you see all the sites that are uh, major advertisers. You're right. No, exactly. Yeah, and, FanDuel. Uh, you know, they're they're a bigger advertiser uh, on uh, on the NFL games than than Budweiser is. So, who made that decision? Do you have any knowledge? Any uh, put any investigation into uh, mm -hmm. whether that was a purposeful change when they thought maybe that they're uh, the fortunes of the NFL were going down, and they said, oh, "I got an idea of how to bring it back." Well, you know, it's it's true. the The most influential person in in uh, in sports is, uh, is Doctor Money. Mm. When they just follow the money, that's that's the whole thing. You know, you that's that's how they're making all all this cash, and they realized at some point that's that's the way to go, and so they might as well just encourage it. And that's you know you got you got football you got you know owners of teams who are have a piece of FanDuel that kind of thing. And it's not enough for them to just say it's okay for them to be there. They want they want to be at the top of the action. That tells you something. Is the pressure to shave then even greater because of the amount of money being wagered? Well, it's kind of the opposite. There's so much money involved in a, in in a major sport like yeah like you know there was a time when you could pay an athlete to shave a point or two like in basketball of course now you're talking about a guy making you know making 30 million a year you you can't there's 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 no way to do it anymore that's why that did clean up the sport by by paying them uh big money yeah that actually did something well because positive. You, it did because there's no way there's no way you could pay them enough to to uh, shave even half a point anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you really suck the fun out of things, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Not a problem. We're going to be back, uh, Tom Bernard Show, and hopefully Allie can save us from uh, ignoring the fact that there's any sort of passion in sports at all. Back in the front. Uh, <laughs> back here in just a second. <laughs> this is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Get in the zone, auto zone. 
Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My car really needs a wash. The $20 Meguiar's Bundle includes Gold Class Car Wash for a showroom shine. And what about my tires? Just spray the included Hot Shine tire coating and you're all set. The inside is not great. No problem. The quick interior detailer in the bundle can help with that too. Restrictions apply. I am so happy to welcome back our longtime friend, Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to the show. I've known Steve, the owner, for many years, and I completely trust Sabre to keep my house comfortable. Why? Sabre does everything the right way, and they always put the customer first. I love the team at Sabre because their service experts are experienced NATE certified technicians. They're not salespeople. Their pricing is completely upfront, and they fix only what needs to be fixed, nothing more. Sabre is dedicated to giving customers what they need when they need it and at the fair price, keeping your family safe and comfortable without breaking the bank. Give Sabre Heating and Air Conditioning a try. I know they'll take care of you just like they've taken care of me and my family. Whether you need a new Bryant furnace or air conditioner replaced or just simply need a service call to get you going again, go to SabreHeating.com. That's S-A-B-R-E Heating.com. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. All right, team. Apps on the table by 7.30 sharp. Jalen and his catering company have a lot on their plate. Really particular. He needs a bigger team to continue climbing up the food chain. Hey, Mitch, was that contract for 200 or 250 people? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates, and you can schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from the Indeed dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. This is Tom Bernard for Niemeyer Trailer Sales. They've been a part of Minnesota since 1965, and their name says it all. They are family. If you want to take your passion on the road and make memories camping wherever you want, no motors, but pull trailer RVs, go to Niemeyer Trailer Sales. True story. The very best brands live at Niemeyer's. Like the latest from Rockwood by Forest River, number one in their class, whether you want a tent trailer, expandable, travel trailer, or a fifth wheel, Niemeyer Trailer Sales has it all. Plus, they deliver on the forgotten art of customer service with personable employees, often sons and daughters of the third-generation family-owned business who simply do what they say they will do every time. Come explore their huge selection and consult with RV service pros. You will leave satisfied no matter what you are looking for. The Niemeyer family welcomes you to visit both of their locations in Albertville and Elko New Market before your next vacation. Head to N-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-S dot com and put your passion on the road. Niemeyer Trailer Sales. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Uh, Allie, I do want to mention that Don Shelby has called my boss a full-on bitch, so <laughs> today. <laughs> and he might again, so watch out. He's a live wire. You're going to have to be careful. Allie, from, live from Chicago. Some people call Hello. it Chi-Town. Hi. People Hi, guys. Uh, we've got Gelfan. we got Don Shelby, we got AJ, and we got me. How you doing, Allie? I'm good. I'm really excited to be here today. Um, Mike, I don't want your feelings to be hurt, but Don Shelby was a large part of my childhood from 0 to 15. Watching him every night on WCCO with Colleen Needles was a very big oh, thing for sure. me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more nice interested to, uh, to the zero, not so much, but I'm really interested in how you felt about me when you were 15. Oh. <laughs> we thought you, were, you were the staple, Don. You were the only reason we watched that channel. And I remember certain things like um, back probably in the early 90s, there was some sort of beef, and this was before reality TV, so this was our reality TV. You had done a story on Tony Fly, who did Afternoons oh, at yes, KDWB. Yes, And I remember you guys making up on live television and hugging each other, and I was just <laughs> You were, like, clapping. This was your hands across America. This was your, the wall is being torn down. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was yes. like America and Russia were friends again. It was very funny, but, yeah. Um, yeah. That was a monumental moment, and uh, but no, you. thank you, thank you for always bringing the hard hitting stories, and I brought you guys some hard hitting stories today that the people need to know about. Can't um, you wait. Can, you guys can pick first. Uh, do you want to hear about the prisoner that escaped, or do you want to hear about the man that tried to cross the Atlantic in a hamster wheel? Uh, start with Cavalcanti. Does either of them have a happy ending? Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, depending on who you are. <laughs> uh, like like from their perspective. Yeah, Campbell oh, yeah. County's still on the lamb, right? Yeah, the prisoner is still on the lamb. So he's had a happy ending. Yeah. He escaped a prison near Philadelphia a few days ago by climbing up a wall, but he did it hor- like uh, crab walk. Oh, yeah I, yeah. Saw, I saw a picture of yeah. him the other day. Mm-hmm. And so he he, uh, he was like uh, it was a very bizarre picture. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. tower dude uh, has been on uh, suspension now, because he should have seen mm-hmm. him. Would have been an inside yeah. job. Yes, huh? right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, everybody I mean, loves prisoner stories. I say you go with that first. <laughs> so, yeah. he, what do we mean the crab walk, Allie? Like, how can you explain? So he put uh, he was leave basically their outdoor area, mm-hmm. the walls it's on each corner. side. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty they're pretty close together for maybe 10 feet or so. And he put one hand on the wall and then the opposite leg up on the other wall. Oh. And then he did it again. So he crab walked backwards up the wall. Dang. And he still has a full use of his groin, I guess. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't <laughs> yeah. actually know. And, and he maybe had for to, the first time in years. He had to squeeze yeah. through uh, two, two chunks of razor wire. <laughs> And uh, jump over, uh, run through one entire roof and jump down onto another roof, then do another set of razor wire. Wow. And uh, this is the second escape. That's the prisoner decathlon. I was going to say. But the warden, the second escape, exactly (laughs) the same way. And the warden said, uh, we're satisfied with our security measures. Mm. So does that leave you much, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. I just go like. I mean, this might sound bad, but it's kind of like Squid Games ask where you go. I think if you can get out of that, you get to be free. Like we, get, we just don't bug you. <laughs> it's like, it's like Alcatraz. He, he, yeah. he cut up if his girlfriend, so you should probably put some effort into trying to okay, find the fine, guy. Okay, fine, fine. Well, every, every NFL team's looking for a running back these days. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of creative yeah. thinking in that as well. Like. I don't know. It's, if you get to the end, maybe maybe something like a year off. How about that? One yeah, year off because yeah. you got like you got nicks, you got some stuff. Like, the the other great thing trip. about making him an NFL running back is he'd probably commit fewer felonies. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's at least we just have the baseline. I, what I mean is fewer felonies than the other running back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think oh. I think all prisons should hire a real escape artists, not criminals. Yeah. To show where the vulnerabilities are in the prison system. And so I think this young man did a service for the prison system (laughs) by showing where the vulnerabilities are and then to fix those vulnerabilities. Oh, one one might even call him a consultant. Some might even call him a consultant. You know what? Let's just put a shit ton of toddlers in there. Because they always find the weakness in the <laughs> Like, I didn't, I didn't even know there's outlets that I had that GoGo has found. So yes. I think we could just save money yeah. by just putting tw- 200 toddlers in there, and we will see where any weaknesses are. So all you have to do is put the toddlers in, yeah. and on the other side of the wall, candy. put a whole bunch of candy. Yeah. 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 Game over. They will. They <laughs> will find it. It's like Jurassic Park. Life finds, finds a way. A way. <laughs> this is great you two finish each other's sentences i, I like that I yeah, know, yeah. okay let's do the hamster wheel if it's not the same story as cavalcanti we had uh, found that he was the one actually using the hamster wheel to cross the atlantic yeah yeah, yeah, he is not. Uh, they're still looking for him, but they did find the guy. So this guy made, it's a giant hamster wheel. Picture a oh, a free weight, but with a thick handle. And the handle part would be where he is inside running. And then the outside parts are just a bunch of buoys all put together. So this man has spent thousands on making this contraption that he calls the hydropod. And this is the fourth time he's been caught trying to cross the Atlantic to go to London from Florida. Sounds and like he's co- been smoking a little hydro pot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's got in there, he's got a filtration system, he's got GPS, and he's got a ton of oatmeal and ramen. And yeah. he was about to leave, uh, I think somewhere around, he was along the Gulf Coast, and the Florida Coast Take Guard caught time. him. <laughs> 
The Florida Crows got caught him because they were trying to warn people about the hurricane coming. Yeah. Oh. And he said, he said, no way. He said, no way. I need to do this. This is what I need to do. So he threatened them. So after a few days of trying to get him to come in, he finally decided to come in because he realized he forgot some backup cables for oh, his God. GPS system. Oh, God. Yeah. But now he's been fined about $25,000 from a court, and he's not allowed to go in the ocean or to board a boat ever. What a weird ruling. God, he's, he's not only an insult to hamsters, he's an insult to humanity. Exactly. Right. That's a very true statement. I can't believe that you can tell somebody they're not allowed to go in the ocean. That seems like a basic right. Well, when the hurricanes, you know, 150 mile an hour no, winds are coming. I just mean ever. Them saying, like, legally he's never allowed to board a boat or go in the ocean. Yeah. Like, we can't gonna... even keep a guy in prison. How the heck are we going to keep this guy out of the ocean? Right. He's going to dip his toe in. The cops are going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> Take him away. I once yeah. uh, in, at Walmart got on the intercom when I was a kid. Uh, and by kid, I mean like 16. Right. And me and my friend saying Britney Spears on there. And this guy. No. Yeah, of course we did. <laughs> and this guy came up to me and he said, you're out of here and you're never allowed at another Walmart. <laughs> and I have been in so many Walmarts since then. <laughs> I think I went the next week because I was like, how are they going to enforce this? I know. I, when I was banned from the poultry barn at the fair. Yeah. That was my instinct. Was I'm just going to keep going back to the poultry yeah. barn. Did you even yeah. want to? Because I didn't no, want to go anymore. No. Walmart. Same. I don't want to go back to Walmart, but I find myself every year making sure I can walk yeah. on that hollow ground. Not whenever well, I go to the fair. How do you get banned from the poultry barn? Yeah, that's what oh. I wanted to know. Oh, there, there is a story about that. That uh, two uh, teenagers were necking the the from Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and uh, they uh, got set upon by. Uh, these terrible uh, people and uh, they took the woman out and they drew a circle in the sand and they told the man to stand inside that circle and to not move or they would shoot him Dang. and then within his eyesight they ravished his girlfriend Jeez. yeah it was terrible Whoa. ravished his girlfriend and uh, when they were done uh, they uh, came back, and he was laughing. The guy was laughing. Mm -hmm. And they said, he, what the hell are you laughing for? And he said, I've been out of the circle twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, it's a terrible story. It's a terrible It's your Walmart story it's told exactly another right. way. It's exactly just yeah. like looking in a mirror, exactly <laughs> like that. It's, it's a story about a lucky cuck. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Lucky cuck. Very lucky. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird obsession with this guy wanting to cross the ocean. And does he have any background at all in knowing any of this stuff? Like, No, does... he's originally from Iran, and uh, he was like a professional cyclist for a long time. So mm -hmm. maybe that's where he wants to just do the round and round motion constantly. But um, he... This is the fourth time he's been caught trying to do it, and he claims that he's trying to raise money for homelessness, but he doesn't have anything set up for there's it. No, like, like, there's no GoFundMe. Maybe or... he should just try, like, an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Yeah, you know, step yeah. one. It'd be a good first step, don't also, you think? Yeah. Try, like, guys, a lake first. You guys, there are miles and miles of oceanfront, right? Like, there's miles. How do you get caught that many times trying to go into the ocean? Like, there's so much ocean. Because other boats are out there, and they... Uh, have radios and they see somebody in what looks like a hamster wheel <laughs> crossing the ocean and they go either that's an alien you have to get the coast guard yeah. out here right now to investigate whatever happened mm -hmm. to rooting for the underdog see i feel like you're right i think this isn't a case of a crazy person i think this is the case of somebody who's bad at paperwork because i bet you there is a paper a form he could have filled out for this in advance he's just a shitty planner like my husband's a yeah. shitty planner like Ooh. he doesn't understand to call ahead or to like a week earlier like just find that form because i'm sure there's something he could do like if you mm -hmm. want to go do this we live in america they'll let you do anything dumb that's true thank you especially if you pay for it <laughs> yeah especially yeah. if there is like a fee <laughs> attached like a thousand dollar docking fee for your hamster wheel
<laughs> Allie, do you have anything um, in your back pocket you would like to uh, talk about? Um, no, it was just the Tony Fly thing, really, Don. I was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to write in your diary you know, I, I wanted to make that into a series um, that I would apologize to Jason Lewis on the air. I would apologize to uh, Joe Souchere on the air. I would apologize to Patrick Royce on the air. I would just, all the people who had said terrible, horrible, shitty things about me uh, <laughs> during my I career. I where you were going <laughs> and, with that. And, we, and that list goes on and on. <laughs> right. I, I, could, I could talk about it. But, uh, yeah, I, we, had some, uh, we had some fights, uh, public fights. Mm -hmm. And uh, since then, uh, everybody seems to be cool about that. But I think I missed an opportunity to do kind of a episodic television where today Don will apologize <laughs> to Joe Suchere. You, you, you should apologize to me because when we had you on our TV show, you said it was the worst TV show ever made. Well, I was right. And that was... <laughs> well, yeah, that was excuse. <laughs> yeah, okay. it was it wasn't gracious of me because I was your guest. Yeah, but not wrong. <laughs> he doesn't want to, he goes to go into that saying he's sorry he is well, that he's sorry he hurt your feelings. Well, it, yeah. That's the worst apology but, ever. But, yeah. but it might have just been that episode. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> thank oh, you very much. We have to be done. This is so funny. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much, Don Shelby, of course, Gelfan, Allie, AJ, and Brittany for holding us all together. You're so talented. Keep up the great work. We'll be back tomorrow on the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.